right, welcome to the Nitty Gritty episode number 99. I was kind of excited for this one too because Wayne Gretzky. Yep. But we sat down with Brittany Rattel Esquire today, <laughs> the attorney to the in- Influnati. Influnati. Yeah. <laughs> attorney to the stars of the stars. So she has kind of, so she's an attorney, obviously, as I've said seven times, but she's kind of created this niche where she works with mostly large influencers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like where that's their business. That's mm-hmm. their, and kind of fascinating because you don't really think about the business side of that, right? Yeah. It's got to be such a uncharted territory. Like there's probably not a lot of precedent set. Like it's kind of a new thing. Yeah. But yeah, you've got intellectual property and copyright and trademark, and we kind of talk about that. If you're somebody who's thinking about you know about starting a business now or anytime in the future, like she has some really really cool advice and well, and she has a counsel. Po- yeah, she has a podcast which she just gives tons of. It's a podcast, so it's free, right? But it's like legal advice. So, do you need an LLC? Do you need a partnership agreement? Like right. all of these questions that I think a lot of new business owners have or should have or should have right Right. Yep. and so she has a podcast but then she has like tons of like documents and like fillable forms on her website that like i love because she always talks about like you don't need me for this like here just go do it i'll teach you how to do it refreshing just go do it like you don't need me for this and so anyways which that is not normal for a lawyer to say no not at all right no. Or even a doctor with surgery. It's like, you don't really need the surgery, but you definitely need the surgery. <laughs> so yeah, super outgoing, super energetic. Mom, four kids, married, like just awesome story all around and so much great advice for, it's unreal how many people she said don't do the LLC thing when they start businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, people. Like, you, you should be doing, if you're just, if you sell 30 things on eBay a year, you should have an LLC. Well, it's, I think a lot of it is just people are maybe they just they don't know what to big. do or they're yeah. intimidated by it. They're like, I don't know how to do that, but like she had like she'll show you step by step. Just go to the state, right? Here's how you answer the questions, and bam, you have an LLC. I would say registering your car is more work than starting an LLC, uh huh? Because you can just do it from your house. Yep, totally. So, but it's so important to have just as that kind of layer of protection between you know your business and you, but. She's super fun, easy to listen to, great stories. You'll love her. Thanks for listening. Welcome to this week's episode of Nitty Gritty. Our very special, now most favorite guest because she showed up with the most delicious. We are off to a cinnamon roll awesome start ever. Brittany Rattel, thank you so much. All the way from Idaho. You might have traveled the furthest. Wait, what? I might be. Yeah. I, I live in Coeur d'Alene now. I know. So. Oh, no big deal. No hey, big deal. Maybe and we should come up there and we could do like. You live next to my boy right here. I know, right? A podcast right now. on the floating green. Do you know how many big, like, athletic behemoths live up there? I actually don't in know. In the summertime? They all live on G- Gaza Ranch. Yeah. yeah. They do. I mean, I there do. are some. They go party on Lake Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Like, I know. I mean, Gretzky's up there. That's a big yeah. one. But I think, who did I hear? Elway, mm-hmm. Aikman. Like, there's a really? bunch of them. Yep. 
that have a house up there. It's like the summertime. Julianne Huff, like she's got a place up there. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like the summertime Sun Valley. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We see, you, it's crazy. Like first of July, you start seeing just a steady stream of like jet streams, like Gulf streams in the air. And we're like, oh, they're all coming. It's, oh my yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So are you from there? I'm actually from Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, I went to it's high school so there. My husband there is from there too. And so we moved back uh, three years ago. Before that, we were living here in Provo forever and uh, loved it. No. <laughs> Eight here at Bam Bams. It oh, was thank awesome. You. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're really we're really just happy, grateful to be back home in our hometown. So yeah. What took you back? Like what what made you We decide? really wanted to. Like that was our our dream is if we could find a way to get back up there, to get the job piece to work out and raise our kids there. So and both okay. of our parents there, my parents live on the lake, like we get to play <gasps> all summer. It's it's a dream. So golf. Golf. I really want to go there. Well, now we have a friend. Well, let's go, guys. Yeah. Does your husband golf? Do you golf? I, I, I mean, I golf like I'm, you know, probably not gonna like kill you on the golf course, but like <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not great. My, my daughter's actually getting into golf. She does a, like a the summer program thing. at the Hayden Lake Country Club, and it's so cute to see her out there and like her little polo and uh-huh. her hat. That's the thing. Like I don't. Yeah. Nobody's really good at golf. Like the thing for me is like as long as you want to be out here and you're like and it's fun for you and you at least try. I don't give a crap if someone sucks at golf. I just care if they suck and they get mad. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. it's like, why are you mad? Yeah, like if like you're it's, happy it's to game, be there and you're, you know, and like, you're trying, all... like that's, uh, that's like, great. You think you're good? Yeah. Like, yeah. get out of here. Golf will show you otherwise. Golf <laughs> yeah. will humble you real quick. Totally. So, yeah. Everyone yeah, should golf. I think it's like I chess. It's just something you can't master, right? Yeah, it's the unknowable, and so like you can just keep on showing up yeah, and well, spending a lot of time and money on it. You know how great is that's that? That's very true. <laughs> but it is yeah. kind of the great equalizer. Like You can be like a scrawny little nerd and go out and be an awesome golfer. The um, the country club there, they have these couples uh, that you can sign up to do on, on Fridays, and they're called Friday Night Fights because you golf in a pair. <laughs> and so I've done that before with my oh, husband, and it's, it's pretty fun. And See, hey, like we took like two of my shots, to, you know? So there you go. I'm, wow. See, when my husband like one. shanked it into the tree, so you know, but it all. I, hey, I was, I was proud feet, of that. But at least it was in the <laughs> fairway. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Amen. Well, see, that's the other. My grandma it. and grandpa yeah. Warner, who was like, you know, my mom's side of the family. We all like, they're up on the pedestal, but they golfed almost every day together from when I was a little kid. Like they had a country club membership, and I mean, she golfed with the girls. He golfed with his dudes, but they golfed usually nine to eighteen holes. Every day. That's awesome. Together. And that's the other cool thing because it's like, you can do it for a while. Everything evens out. My husband has, he actually has um, his his uh, dad, uh, his grandpa was a golf pro at actually the country club there, the Hayden Lake Country Club for years and years and years. And like he, I mean, and so he has like a huge golf legacy. Like they have a boardroom named after him and stuff and a tournament. And oh, so, wow. um, so yeah, I think it's cool that like there's a little bit of that history still with some of my kids who are getting interested in Very golf. Very cool. So, yeah. Well, we're excited to chat all things legal so sexy and fun <laughs> and that and that's when everyone yeah, drops is. off and is like okay like, next episode <laughs> no i'm really excited because you have a really good way of talking about stuff that keeps it interesting but also simplifies it so people can actually do stuff with it because i think law is similar to finance where it just scares a lot of people away and so they just kind of 
don't do anything and cross their fingers that nothing happens. Right. They kind of do, they go. It's crossing fingers and then head in the sand. And then like I always say to my clients, I kind of usually have two types of entrepreneurs, people who treat me as like a chiropractor and like they'll come in and check in and wellness and like, here, let's work on projects. And then I'm an ER doctor. And it's like, <laughs> we are in trouble. There is a fire. I have gotten a letter. Cam got his hand up. Yeah. <laughs> IRS was in my backyard yeah, yesterday. I got Got, you know, I got something from the state of California saying I own 30 grand in payroll taxes, or I got an assistant who's taken all my stuff and locked me out of my accounts. Like that's, you know, stuff like that happens. So, so which one is more? Um, yeah, all of that could even. happen to yeah. me. Like Annie, <laughs> Annie could ruin my life. Oh, totally. She's, she's got the power. She, she yeah. has it all. So could Brent. Yeah. Brent, don't do it. Don't. <laughs> He's nice. Resist the urge. So, ideally, there's like a healthy spot in like the middle where it's like, look, right. there's some risk. Like, you got to move forward. You got to be confident. You got to try things out. But there's also some boundaries you can put in place with the people you're working with, with your employees, especially with partners, you know, customers, clients, <laughs> spouse. Yeah. <laughs> but like, do you see that most yeah. people come in because they're on fire and then transition to a chiropractic type relationship? Yeah, I mean, it just depends a lot on the kind of the personality yeah. of the person. So, you know, okay. in, t- in terms of how risky are they of a person of like, no, we just go for it and like, we'll figure it out in the air later versus like, oh, hey, type of people I, <laughs> I, I like to have a plan. And there's people who are like, no, I'm going to have, I'm going to plan. I'm going to talk this out. I'm going to write, I'm going to talk to the accountant. I'm going to talk to the attorney and then move forward with that. So now you're speaking my language. <laughs> so how did you get into law? Is it something um, you always wanted to do growing you up? You know, I mean, I did like, I was a debate nerd and high school so i mean it was a it was an option for sure i was like a high school you paradox were a debate person because i was a, such, like, i was a cheerleader and i was on the debate team. shut your mouth <laughs> so yeah you imagine like bringing a, her home to the parents a, a classic like, high school she's pairing a cheerleader. Right? yeah she's also on the debate she's team. also on it's the like, debate team so what <laughs> Basically, I, I really like to talk, and I've never been accused of being quiet. So that that's what Unreal. that means right there. So um, oh, cool. But then, I, you know, I went to BYU here, studied communications, PR, um, and then I was just finishing, really interested in graduate school, but was kind of debating like, oh, public health, maybe public policy. I, I did some work overseas for the Foreign Service um, for a summer internship, and there were tons of ex-attorneys, and they were all like, no, 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 you should go to law school. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You've all bailed. Like, none of you are lawyers anymore. And they're like, you go to law school, people take you seriously. You get incredible critical reasoning skills, writing skills. Like you'll have options. You don't have to go practice if you don't want to. It's just like, the degree. Like okay. being able to say you have a law degree. Yeah, I it's mean, a geez. it's a throwdown. You right. know. Yeah. Well, it's like most of the agents, not like all the successful sports agents. Oh, are all oh, for sure. It's not like they yeah. really practice law, but no, but it's they almost can, a prerequisite those, those to get approved by the NFL. Yeah, anyone who yeah. does pretty serious entertainment and sports, like representation, is usually yeah, right. like yeah, can move back and forth, you know, and whatnot. And so, um, huh. so yeah, went to law school here at BYU too, and um, loved it. And then, but I did other practice areas and getting out because I had my first baby as I was finishing law school. So like, I had wow. her in November. I graduated early in December took like one tax final which was awful i don't do tax law because oh <laughs> tax law is the worst imagine? and then i got like the worst graduation present ever because i had to study for the bar and i took the bar in february so oh, wow. with the two month old so did everybody in law school like judge you when you started showing a little bit like no i mean I it, was, it was it was byu not important anymore <laughs> 
there was actually there was a really good dean and she actually passed away last year um Wendy Archibald and she was like the dean of like student life like helping students and like she was so nice when I came in and she was like okay here's what we can do like if you start getting sick and need to go in like the remote classroom and watch classes like that's an option for you and that's like it be was an just, only BYU thing. I'm sure it's only a BYU thing but it was a really like, family friendly law school so was that wouldn't work on suits I'll tell you that right now <laughs> you see very I, I did shut not you down I did not see a lactation room yeah. in there I'm telling you no nope. I don't think it was prominent as part of the law firm oh, architecture my <laughs> so Megan, did, sorry Harvey yeah I love that show I do, too. I do. it got bad towards the end yeah. right. it was way better at the beginning yeah. um but going through school did you have like a specific topic area or did you just enjoy like I just, that, I enjoyed Like the debate law. side, did you just want to be in a courtroom? Like, I mean, yeah, there was part of me that thought like, oh, litigation would be cool. And I did, um, as I graduated and I, I knew like, oh, well, I can't, you know, I want to be a mom and have quality time with my baby. So I really want flexibility. That was like my number one of like all the things that you kind of go after in jobs. I was like, I really just want flexibility. So I was like, well, then I kind of work for myself. That's kind of how you yeah, get You're that. not going to get so, that at a law firm. No, no. That, yes, even like a clerkship program, like it'd be very structured and set and I'd be hiring a nanny or nannies. And it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't the right fit for me. And so, um, so I really just worked for myself out of as soon as I graduated and passed the bar. And so I did family law and estate planning because there were ones that I felt comfortable with, competent, and I didn't need a huge team. I could do it on my own and just take clients. And so I got to do a fair amount of, you know, litigation and like being in court doing family law. Family law is nuts. And so you see, you know, like, people. Did you do a bunch of divorce and stuff like that? Yeah. Divorce, oh. child support. And then I even did um, Garden Met Leiden work, which is when you are the court appointed advocate for children in like high conflict divorces. Like things have gotten so bad that Jeez. mom has an attorney, dad has an attorney, and the child has their own attorney. And that's who I would be. So oh, that would be really hard. It's really hard because it's all, almost always there's mental illness, there's abuse, um, you know, all kinds of different trauma. abuse. There's trauma. We're dealing with a team usually of therapists and counselors and people all trying to help of like sort out what's the truth because we have different allegations being thrown back of what mom and dad are up to and how they're awful parents. And like no one, no one has clean hands in this whole thing. It's all about so like who's bad. the worst, you know, and uh, so you feel for everyone in that system. And, and there's a lot of good people trying to do good work, but I mean, it's, it's hard. It's a really emotionally draining work. So, yeah. So like right out of law school, it's not very common to go like solo. Like no. the majority go big firm, mm -hmm. spend some time there. And then maybe like, you know, transition, like kind of a lot of dream people's arc is like, they'll go work for a firm and then going like in-house counsel is kind of seen as like the next like stage well, of a right. cushier job. Yeah. Because you get, you don't have to do billable anymore. You have one client and you've hopefully had enough of different experience in law that you can, you know, advise. And then you'll go and, you know, um, kind of help them find other attorneys that you need, you know, for specific things. Like, So was it hard for you? Like going out? I mean, kind of. Yeah. I mean, cause you're going up on some of those cases, pretty big firms, yeah. right? I mean, they'd and show like up seasoned with- seasoned attorneys, like so- big teams and you stroll in there. Like, yeah, I mean, I was telling you guys, like sometimes I'd go to courtroom and they'd be like, oh, are you here to observe? And I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm opposing counsel, but let's go talk in the hallway, <laughs> which is normally where the deals get struck. Like, you know, you, you like, right. let's, let's talk it out and see uh, if we can, yeah. <laughs> see <laughs> that in can, the movie all the right. time, like- If we can walk Mike, it and work it out. Mike, yeah. They walk in and lock the, the door. Take the man. Take, Take the plea. <laughs> I never, I never did criminal, so it's all you know, reaching like settlements and for like my work, it was all about like, well, what's the parent agreement going to be like? Usually, like the custody agreement, you know, and debating and what was your favorite thing about that? I liked being able to help people um, who felt like they were walking through a really rough chapter of their life and being someone who could listen and not add anymore 
anger or stress or, you know, um, to that situation, but hopefully just be someone who could listen and, and help them focus on what they could control, which is not a lot there. And that's, that is frustrating. But um, so yeah, I, I really like that part of my job. So. How did you not take it home with you? That would be really hard. It would be really hard. I mean, especially when I would, because I interned and I did like um, with the Crime Victims, Utah Crime Victims Legal Clinic. It's a nonprofit in Salt Lake. And we would go to a lot of um, abuse like trials and we'd have to go and, you know, walk through and listen to like a child uh, give testimony about uh, things. And it's it's tough. I mean, everyone in that field, the no one allows any of their kids to go to sleepovers. That's the first takeaway is <laughs> everyone's like, nope. No, I've seen too much. I'm never, you're not allowed to sleep in anyone else's house. Like, you know, but you just try That's to. so hard. Like we're, we're kind of like that. Like, it's it's hard. so hard not to get, cause I mean, it's such a fine line of being like overbearing and like and just ruining people, things for your kids. Right. But luckily we have like family. If you have know. family, you know, and hopefully still families and adding on to like good practices with your kids, which is like, you have lots of discussion. There's open, sure. open conduit. You name the right parts of your body. Like you don't, um, there's, you talk about how we don't keep secrets in our family. Like there's little things you can do even, you know, like the rad kids programs will teach that, that kind of help you feel like, well, we have some control, not that like you can be like, well, because we did this, we're not going to have this ever shadow in our family. Like, um, it's, you know, have a proper balance of naivete, but yeah, try to have the, the tools that you can I guess so. family, like, it can happen. And one of my sides yeah. of the family, there was yeah. like best friend in the ward, two doors down, right. like yeah. watched each other's kids for years. And yeah, yeah it can totally happen. Their daughter families, all of a sudden too. came out, four year old daughter. I like to think about that all the time. I'm like, am I missing something? Oh, dude. Yeah. It's like, terrible. Like, am I going to find out down the road? You know, like it's scary. Oh, yeah. But see, it it's totally true. Like what you're saying about just. Like you keep an eye out for it. You talk mm -hmm. to me if anything it's like happens. Everything, right? You, yeah. Mm -hmm. like just be we, smart. We talk about it. I mean, it's all the different topics that we've had on the podcast. It's right. just like the communication, right? It all yeah. comes back to how are you able to communicate with kids? Mm -hmm. right. And so. not and be a safe place where you don't freak out. Like yeah. you're kind of unflappable, and that way kids know that you can talk about things, and it's it's not it's not going to be weird. It's not going to have a bunch of shame interjected in the conversation, and so um, you really try to keep those channels open. Yeah. So when did you start to transition to kind of what you're doing now? Like how yeah. long were you in that stuff? And you're like, I was okay. doing that for yeah a few years, and really it was about like four-ish years ago when my I have I have four kids, and so my youngest um, was born, and I really just felt a pull of something. It's time to change in my business, and like I didn't really know what that looked like. I was trying to just be really thoughtful and prayerful about it. And I had, I'd had kind of these one-off projects to help friends who were like influencers and bloggers, people who own Etsy shops and who were kind of growing, starting to grow them into kind of like real businesses, quote unquote. And they'd be like, Brett, I know you don't really do this, but like, I got this big contract with Joanne's. Can you read this over? Because it's like, they were just going to sign it and send it over. And I'm like, please don't, please don't do that. I'm happy. <laughs> target on the top of signing <laughs> I don't, I'm signing it. I don't know. These people have a red bulls. I have to go with them. No. Um, so we, so I, I would start doing that more and more. And then I really felt like four-ish years ago of like, you know what? This is actually exactly what I want to do. I love working with creatives, um, with people who are building businesses, who have dreams. Most of them are women um, and they don't really maybe have a lot of traditional business training or certainly not legal training, but they're really passionate and they're good at what they do and they have a vision and they just need someone to help get like the scaffolding and the and the business and legal stuff in place so that they can move forward. So um so yeah. Kind of sent that first scary email out to like everyone in your address book where you're like, hey, so so I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh set up the business Instagram and got new business cards and 
you know, it's off to the races. That's awesome. Very awesome. So is that when the brand started? Yeah, that's really when like I started thinking about, well, what is it that people really want and how can I make sure that I'm different than other attorneys, you know? And I was really influenced. I listened to a lot of like Pat Flynn and like Smart Passive Income and he talks a lot about it's solving problems in the way your customers talk about them. And so as I noticed, like people don't say like, oh, I really need, you know, I just really need an LLC set up or I need a trademark. No, they'd be like, man, I keep getting ripped off and it's bumming me out or I it's making me nervous about like, like, aren't I supposed to be setting something up for my business? Like, how are they talking about their concerns and their stress and things that are maybe holding them back? And how can I make sure that I'm presenting options and teaching them about what they need to do and what, you know, what's important and then the right step and what they can forget about for now, you know? Um, because there's a lot of places online that even that will still like, you know, kind of rip people off and scam them because they don't know any better, you know? Like, I call it, you know, legal doom. Um, but <laughs> they'll, it's easy to get signed legal up doom. for... <laughs> For, legal zoom yeah for <laughs> okay. plans and programs and then like it's just a form filler it's not anyone actually helping you so and there's no attorney that actually stands behind any no. of that work either. so i mean you might as well like go if you need to go set up an llc just go do it yourself or hire an attorney like those are kind of like the two options legal zoom you feel like you're getting more but you're not it's the same as doing it completely on your own yeah so, yeah so how did you as you were starting this you know how did you overcome because it's something I had to struggle with for a lot of time, like in the finance world, it's finance and legal. I feel like very similar. Like if you don't walk in in a three piece suit, white hair, you know, the the, oils, the fa- like the leather fancy black shoes, shoes in the mahogany right. office, like totally. you're not legit. Right. And it's funny because it's really been interesting as I've kind of progressed in my career to watch people who start and they enjoy kind of working with someone little. And as soon as they think they've made it, all of a sudden they're like, okay, I got to trade up now. Like I have to show that I'm legit. So I have to now go hire one of those people. Yeah. They're kind of treating it all almost as like a marker of success. Uh-huh. And in their minds, like, well, I, you know, to almost to prove to myself. And it's funny. I've noticed that there's actually quite a few things like that in business that people like there's the actual logistical of like filling out the thing or getting it. And there's all the mind work around it. And sometimes it's, it's totally the mind work that are, it's the hang up for people. It's, and they're like, well, I don't know. I want to start like the Instagram. And I'm like, it's not that big deal to start the Instagram. And they're not worried, really worried about that. They're worried about well, what are my neighbors and my friends going to think when I come out here and I show my face and I'm like, hey, I want to do this thing. And like they're paralyzed by like what other people will think or the appearance of success or failure and all that does to mess with you. Yeah. you know? So, yeah. So like how did you overcome some of that stuff? I mean, especially yeah. being younger, on your own, no big firm and right. being a woman. You know, I mean, that's a lot of strikes against you in the traditional sense. Right. I think I just kind of try to flip it around of like, I actually, and I have this a lot in like my marketing copy, I'll talk about like, yeah, I am not on the 15th floor. I don't have leather books. I don't have a fish tank. Many leather Um, books. I have many leather (laughs) books. Apartment smells of mahogany. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... But that actually doesn't make any difference to me trying to help you get your business legally legit, you know, and I'm actually way more suited than your dad's attorney that he golfs with that doesn't know anything about the Instagram. Um, the Instagram. And <laughs> when you sit down and meet him. And oh, you're ex- talking about the Facebook, right? Yeah, exactly. The Facebook. Yes, yeah. I can help you with that. No. Um, you know, and is this going to kind of laugh and be like, you're a food blogger? That's a real job. And it's like, yeah, buddy, this, this person might be making six or seven figures this year. So you should probably, you know, be a little bit more humble. Um, but you don't see that. I mean, attorneys by nature are really 
they're pretty traditional and they're backwards looking. Like that's what we're trained to do is to always look at the past and case law. And so I think they're very slow to adapt and to see how do we actually show up and how should we be serving our clients um, and what part of these trappings are really not useful. And in fact, we're just making our parents, pay, you know, making our clients pay for them, you know, right? Yeah, at their expense. Well, and it's such an intimidating thing to do, you know, as a new business owner, you know, obviously you work mostly with female clients, like right. just, she won't work with us, Cam. I already asked her. <laughs> she passed a note to me. She said I, she would, she oh, would work with yeah. me. Yes. But I guess I'm just, she says a, I'm very a, sensitive. I'm on the outside is. of this. You tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's still a lot of people that don't want to ever feel like they don't know what they're doing. Totally. So pride gets kind of in the way. So yeah, being a, a, an attorney that feels like, you know, easy to talk to or approachable. Right. That's, I mean, that right there is, I bet most attorneys, if they would just do that, that's like all you need. Just like you don't ever get worried about asking a question or calling. There's totally. no dumb questions. No, no dumb, dumb questions. No judgment. Just dumb people. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I get that a lot where people, I, it's funny how often I'll get on the phone with somebody and like a consultant will be like, don't, don't be mad at me. And I'm like, listen, I am never mad at clients. I'm mad at my kids who ripped open a box of goldfish, you know, cause they're, you know, heathens. Um, but I don't get mad at clients because, you know, I don't expect you to know everything about the law. That's not your zone of genius. You know, you're really good at selling t-shirts or making funny videos or whatever. Um, so whatever you did. Bongs look really good on you on Instagram. <laughs> and so like Influence in the Wild, um, I haven't gotten anyone from Influence in the Wild yet, but I mean, that's a goal, oh, right? It's to get that level someday. Um, oh man, I love that that page yeah. so much. It's so good. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it's just to move forward, you know, like, hey, that, that was then when you know better, you do better. So let's talk about where you want to go and what do we need to have set up so that this isn't holding you back. Yeah. When I feel like you were super ahead of the curve in that and like picking a niche, especially in this type, right? Like that's something that my eyes have definitely been open to with the podcast is like the business side of social media. I'm, I'll fully admit before the podcast, it was always like, oh, sure. They have lots of followers. Cool. Right. What does that like? What does that even mean? Like it meant right. nothing. What does that translate to? You yeah. know. And now all of a sudden, like you hear about all these contracts and the business, and it, like it's like, wow, that's actually kind of overwhelming. You oh, know? for sure. And so, Quite a bit, yeah, to be able to think that you had kind of the foresight to get in front of that, I think is pretty cool. And especially around here, it's kind of maybe it's not, but it feels like a lot of you know the influencer world. There's a pretty big market here in Utah. For sure. And there's a couple like theories about that. But I think it's, you know, when blogging was having kind of its mommy blogging heyday, I mean, Utah was certainly a big epicenter. I think it's, you know, part of that. Uh, some of the theories are like, well, we had a pretty well-educated populace of stay-at-home moms. And that's kind of a unique thing. Um, a culture that really valued, you know, family activities and like the parties and the events and gathering for holidays and everything that went into that. And then documenting that, you know, we have a strong personal documenting history in and LDS culture that really translated well in terms of blogging culture. So well, I think and it wanting was, to be yeah. seen, like yeah. I think that's the hardest thing about being a stay-at-home mom is like I'm just here. I'm here. You know I'm doing I mean? the same work every day. Yeah, repetitive. You know, unpaid, unpaid labor. You know, the right. greater economy doesn't doesn't see it. Doesn't show up on any spreadsheets and terms. And it's yeah, it's the same thing that you 
you you hope and that you you see and develop these relationships that are important. But um, but yeah, it can be hard. You can kind of it's easy to, to lose your identity in that. Right. A bit. Yeah. It's an outlet. And yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. I the blogging thing was nuts. All right. Like everybody was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> And had like the role on the side of like all yes. the couples and their friends they knew. And yeah. That was wild. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's true. I've never really thought about the whole Instagram. Like to to be able to kind of use what maybe before you viewed as like Groundhog Day, like this sucks, into like sharing those moments. Right. And making it into something, you know, more... It'll be interesting. meaningful because that's not true. Like, but just be able to share it and and right. and add a little spice to and connection. To life. I think that's the other connection thing. Connection like, is probably social the best media way to say allowed it. us now to connect in ways with people that we couldn't. You know, where before it's kind of limited to your maybe your neighborhood or whatever. Right. You know, you that sphere of influence that you had, and now you could find someone if you were struggling with infertility. You can find a network that if you were a special needs mom, there was people that you can connect True. with that, and so which I think has been really great for. Um, and that's you know, one of the positive tools I think of social media. Yeah. yeah. Plus, if you think you're a kick-ass mom, like I do some cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm going to show it off. Right. And it is true. Like, it's going to end up on Pinterest. Being a yeah, mom, so, like yeah. there's a million people that are cashiers, but I'm sure there's some that do some cool stuff. Totally. You know what I mean? Like just anything you do, anything that you're an expert at, I mean, showing it off and be able to kind of show that off and get some validation for it is really cool. Not to mention teaching other moms or cooks mm-hmm. or whatever, like whatever we do as a profession that... You can learn so much from each other. Right. Right. Plus, everyone has different types of kids. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how unique our kids, everybody's kids are. No. And they like come, and they own, come own as they house. come, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, right. You know that when you have multiple kids, like, oh, oh, right. Well, this is like their little nexus of a human being. This is not me. Because, right. like, you'll raise kids the same way and they'll have, have such different personalities. Right. Look right? at these freaky YouTube channels, by the way. Like, like the ones with the families, like, all we're doing is watching their life. Oh, the yeah. vlogs, I like hate <laughs> those. My least favorite is when my boys watch people play, <laughs> but see, that's play with saying. toys, like or like video games. I'm like, you're watching someone else watch play it. Minecraft. Yeah, like that's what you're doing. That's the entertainment. That's so weird. And I'm like, guys, sorry, I can't get down with that. Change it. <laughs> well, it seems <laughs> like something. in Utah, like there's so many of those, so many of the bigger like YouTube families. Families mm-hmm. are here. I really struggle with those. It's, I don't it's know. a different life. You I feel know? like it's yeah. so. No, it's certainly it's not just for exploitation. <laughs> like I feel like you need to be paying your kids if yeah. they're in those videos. Well, a lot of them actually do, and they really? do, and they have. I mean, is that funny? Because I mean, I know some of the families and stuff, and they've talked, and they if that's something that they're conscious of, like even like Mindy McKnight, who's like one of the you know cute girls hairstyle. She's like one of the OG family bloggers or whatnot. She actually wrote a book about that. That's like kind of how to set up boundaries and like how to have your kids as part of that process and then recognize like if they don't want to be on camera if that's not their scene like that that's okay but this is also a cool way you could show them business and here's marketing and here's how you present product and develop it like you know i mean i think that could be a cool thing to have kids as part of but i agree with that you got to be sensitive to make sure that you're not performing and that you don't have a strong For family sure. culture that's outside of what you see on camera you know that's way deeper than that i don't, so. I don't believe any of it oh no <laughs> i don't feel like any of them are <laughs> i feel like they turn the cameras off and they're all fighting and they go to separate houses <laughs> I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, I feel like they always, there's always like three or four nannies in the background. 
They're always off camera. Yeah. Because the parents have to be in the video. Right. To see everything. Yeah. This is cynical. I understand. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it is so weird. Just it's a, the film it's a different thing. Yeah. It's so weird that we are entertained by that. But you're right. Like, I'll walk, I walk in the family room and I'll have three of my kids watching some other family just be a family. Like, go be a damn family yourself. <laughs> go outside and play together. <laughs> I, it's it's just a weird phenomenon. To it me, is but, a weird phenomenon. But yeah. they are so successful. I did a catering job for one of, for one big group of them. And yeah, it was just, I don't know. But I don't, we like to, I guess we all are kind of snoops. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, you think of the lady always peeking through the curtains in all the TV shows. It's a little bit like that. Now with YouTube, you can just watch yeah. it. It's just easy. I think it's anyway. interesting. Some of those, the YouTube families, like they're, I mean, they have like, you know, a good like domestic audience, like people will recognize them, but they all, all usually will have a ton that's like overseas and people who like have a completely different life, like a single person right. who lives in like a tiny apartment in Spain. And like, they're just fascinated because it's so different from their right. experience, you know? That's and why they I love watch the watching, Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> This like American family, you know, you know, go to Disneyland or come up with like a trampoline game or something. So, how interesting is that? Yeah, like maybe that's why they all hate Americans everywhere else. Possibly because they're watching. That's because we ask for ice in all of our drinks and we annoy the heck out of them. Hold on a second, (laughs) they are all wrong. Like, isn't that crazy? It's so funny that you bring that up. It's the stereotypical thing. Everyone knows, like, they roll their eyes the Americans because they're going to ask for their ice, their their cold drink, us and our. Like, if you're going to have a cold drink, like, who doesn't want ice? I do not understand that. Apparently, only the Nifty 50. It's crazy. (laughs) Oh, you got, that was a, that's a soft spot for me. Because it is true. Like, I remember in Europe, I was so floored at how hard it was to get ice. Oh, it's impossible. You can't, you can't have it. just like slide you a bottle of Coke. I'm like, can I get a cup of some ice? (laughs) Eye roll. No. Fat American. Yeah. Anyway. So. What have you found, like, when you started going, was there specific things that, like, you became known for as far as, like, either contracts or trademark, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, those are kind of the basic. Like, I'd say, like, the three main buckets of things that I do is, like, business formation, like, setting up LLCs. Um, I do a lot more, like, operating agreements now, too. Most of the time, I convince people, like, you can go on the Secretary of State website, go set up your LLC. It's not it's not that hard. But operating Wait, really? agreement. I didn't know that. No, it's, to- it's really easy, Cam. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the operating agreement, sometimes it's called a founder's agreement or a partnership agreement. That is, like, your business prenup, and that's super important if yeah. you're in business with someone else because if you don't i'm not saying you're gonna have a business divorce but you have a high likelihood of there being conflict whenever there's an exit when life changes and someone wants to leave and you haven't talked about you know who gets all the cool stuff you made for the business especially now where it's like well who gets the email list who gets you know the the instagram account the instagram who gets the podcast episodes who gets all the blog posts and all of that stuff um and then like can someone else start a competing business that's really similar or and then how are we going to do like a buyout how are we going to value the company and whatnot and so that's a really important agreement that I say that's where you spend your legal dollars when you're getting started is if you're going to business with somebody is, is put some money into that and so then like um, at yeah. what stage of the business do, obviously it's sooner rather than later but realistically when should people be thinking about like an operating agreement an operating agreement if you're going to business with someone else um, really soon 
like initially, like it should really be one of the first things that you talk about. I actually have a podcast episode on mine. It's like creative council number 45 and it's all about partnerships and it has like a handout where I say, Hey, go listen to this episode and walk through this. And it has everything from like the woo woo vision boarding of like how you should make sure you're on the, the same page <laughs> to like <laughs> the, the getting into the like nitty gritty, like the technical right. stuff of like, you got to make sure that you, cause it's, it's a slightly awkward conversation for sure. Or it's a big fight. So be okay with having the slightly awkward conversation while you're in the honeymoon and you're excited about the new business and what you're going to do. Um, and that's 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 a, that's a really important you know thing to do. Yeah. So that's something yeah, so. I wanted to make sure we talk about because your podcast is awesome. My question is, how often are you asked questions that you've answered in an episode? And it's just like, will you just listen to this, please? A, a lot now. <laughs> and like, so on Instagram, it's nice because I just, I have my swipe up powers now. I, I got over 10K like a couple months ago. And so now I can refer when I'll put like a right. question answer box, I can answer quickly. And then I'm like, also go, do I need, when do I need to set up an LLC? Do I need an LLC? And I'm like, go. Well, now you can charge one. them at least, yeah, right? So, yeah. For what? If they, you know, need some advice in person. Right. Yep. You know, on the phone. Yeah. On the phone and stuff. But I, I mean, if it, there's stuff that I've already answered and created and resources, I want people to be able to have as much as they can, like at their own right. disposal. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid of giving away too much value. You know, like I believe in like the go giver principles. Like, like I, I don't think I need to put myself behind some scary paywall of like, no, you don't get access to this until you pay me. Which is really like, unique yeah. in that world. Right. So, I mean, have you had people, other attorneys be like, you're doing it wrong? For sure. I've had other like trademark attorneys who are like, oh, you shouldn't, you should always be charging for like all your consults and you shouldn't be talking to anyone about like their name is not going to be trademarkable. And I'm like, I, I have a really hard time not. And so if I get on the phone with someone or I'm talking with them about their name, like I, I will probably immediately start to at least give them some feedback. Like I don't want to broach ethically, you know, in terms of like, oh, I'm an attorney and you should take everything, you know, um, to the bank. But it's hard for me not just to be helpful, you know. I like so that. what have you found awesome. has been like, I don't know the most common. That's what I was. I think I was going to ask the same thing. Most common mistake. Yeah. Or like it happens. And then they finally decide that they've got to get an operating agreement. In the operating agreement, I'd say like outside of like the getting stuff started, I would say like st not starting your LLC. And it's not because like everyone gets sued, but it's because it's really pain to go back and like redo everything to like go back and set up your LLC and then untangle. a business without an LLC though? A, a lot, lot of people. people. <laughs> really? Like, a lot of like people they are, get online and start selling things? Oh yeah. A lot of people are like, I'm a sole proprietorship. And I'm like, that's nothing. That's that's uh -huh. default. That's Times New Roman font. That's like, what you their did. Bank like, account, like, <laughs> their bank, like their bank account is their name. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. And they don't even have a separate bank account. And I'm like, you have literally everything on the table. So if anything happens, they can get access to all of your stuff. So all maybe let's talk about that. Why yeah. do we need an LLC? It's, it establishes a, a, a fence, a boundary between your personal and your business assets. And so it is a simple, usually fairly cheap, inexpensive, easy, flexible entity. It's like, that it's like says, the state of Utah. It's like 70 bucks. Like it's you, like, like $78, guys. You can get what online. What about tax? write-offs like no right. you can you can write off taxes but the thing is you don't have the liability protection so if someone sued you okay. and you don't have a bam bam's llc set up anything that's in that's in your house and right. your cars your 401k everything is on the table for right. them to, to get at so um so you have to have an llc set up and that's a really good idea to do first and then do the business bank account get your ein set up like your online payment so that all matches and that's clean and then you know that's a really good like strong business foundation shouldn't you so. even pay yourself as an llc llc also you like you have to but like you can you should not be do. taking like personal i mean you should like move something over into your personal account like and right. just not commingle funds 
funds. That's really the the number one way people lose their LLC protection is they are like, oh, they put everything on their business credit card or personal, like they mix and match their personal and business funds. So, because then someone's like, well, all that money should be on the table then for me, you know, if I have a judgment against somebody. Yeah. So are you still, I mean, is there ever a need for an attorney to set up an LLC? Like, like, Some like, people do because they just know that like they get like deer in the headlights, like I'm not going to do it. And yeah. they just want to hire someone. So that's that's fine. But like, it's really not that difficult. You can go on and do it on, in all 50 states. You can do it online. It's it's fairly straightforward. It's like everything else that comes after setting it up. I mean, you can yeah. make all the partnership agreements. You can make all the articles of, you know, like you can yeah. kind of use the generic ones they give you. Yeah, they'll set up, uh, your uh, the LLC will set up your articles of incorporation yeah. and like, and it'll have like the state seal on it, you know, like if you want to set up your LLC, just Google your state LLC and then look for the .gov website. If you end up on a boring government website, you're in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like hard to use and not pretty at all, nailed it. And like, it asks yeah, so. the most, st- Stupid the stupidest questions. questions. Yeah. Like here, what, what is your business? And it has like this drop down. It's like, none of these are none real these, businesses. Right. Yeah. Hey, hey, are you transporting used fuel over the yeah. state lines? You know, make sure like I have all these really random questions of things that you're like, no, I don't, I don't do any, like, does anyone do this? Like who is selling used like tires? Like, you know, uh, so <laughs> you'll I just saw answer on Instagram no. somebody was selling used Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> it was probably that guy who yeah. was yeah, using sandwiches. So, yeah. So I think LLCs is something a lot of people probably think they need help with but don't but don't what would you say is something a lot of people need help with but they don't think they do uh a trademark and so i'd say like okay. i'd say after the next category is probably like contracts or probably contracts and like ip like intellectual property like trademark contracts people tend not to get things in writing especially in the beginning and they're like oh it's a friend it's a trade like we have emails it's all fine um and that's not to say like an email could be used as a contract but the problem usually is is there's you haven't addressed things in there of like what happens when the unexpected happens like what happens when someone cancels the event who's who's out for the money like what happens to all the pictures that we took have we talked about intellectual property rights like that stuff is usually not addressed and so that's why getting stuff in writing is a really good idea i freaking and, hate contracts i know i'm Everyone, not gonna lie no they're I a pain don't read all of them always if it's from google then that's probably I, I, fine I'll, I'll like browse through it i'm like First of all, why do they make them so bloody hard to understand? Like, instead of just saying, this is a computer, it's like nine sentences. Right. Describing and defining what a computer is. And yeah. Yes. And it's like, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. That sounds, I mean. That seems like a pretty normal. And you know, and that's like a I feel total, like that's just like job security. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like, I tend to have like, when I draft contracts and like, I sell some in like my online shop. Like I have my own like contract template shop of like, I try to strike a balance of like, we need some of the language there. And like, people have been like, it's so legally. So I'm like, yes, that's exactly what it is. But not to go and just add in words that don't have extra meaning. Like, um, it doesn't need to be, you know, crazy 10,000 pages long. Like, say what it is, be clear, and then move on so that people, and make it easy to sign. Like, a, a lot of things people understand is you can do online signing is completely valid now. So don't be messing with, like, printing out and signing contracts. You know, use DocuSign or HelloSign or whatever. Make it just part of, like, your onboarding as you work with people that you do it, and then, like, get on with your life. How often are you actually like requesting a change to a contract? For 
some of my clients who are like the influencers and like that's some their main source of revenue is sponsor content um, a lot will redline a lot. So yeah. And that's something that sometimes people have initial reservations about and they're like, well, they sent it in a PDF. Like how can we change it? And I'm like, there's such thing as a PDF to word converter tool. Like it's, it didn't come down the Moses, like Moses, like from Mount Sinai. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not set in stone. Like don't believe a BS that like, Oh, I have to check with legal and I don't know if like we can change it come on like it's just a document it's not it's, even if it's a policy even if it whatever you know excuse everything's always up for negotiation it's just a dance don't yeah. take it personally so so i mean as you're doing that the trademark thing trademarks trademarks yeah. seem simple because you can go on and do them yourself and even do a search for yourself but um and trademark law is all about protecting consumers that's how trademarks came into being is like look these poor little consumers, peasants out there, we want to make sure they're not confused when they're <laughs> well, buying <peasants>. something. <laughs> I love calling them And so... I'm <laughs> <laughs> not the only one. Yeah. And so um, we want to make sure that like, if you are selling and have distinct things about your brand, then they know what they're getting and they're not being duped. Sounds fair enough. And so trademark law is obviously used by companies and brands to protect their property and put good boundaries around, we're using this name and selling this item and you're not allowed to, to use a, a similar thing. Anything that could be confusing doesn't have to be the same unless you're an apple and right. you have a pair oh, as a logo screw that yeah and that's and that's the part that's that's tip that's tricky because people will get on the trademark database and they'll put in like you know bam bams and they'll be like oh zero results i should be fine i can keep right. using my names but um if did they search for bam bam did they search for an alternate spelling of that like any of those could be considered too confusing if you look up starbucks with two s's at the end zero results Obviously, do not name your coffee company <laughs> Starbucks, Starbucks <laughs> with two S's at the end. Um, so that's what's hard is that people will have a false sense of confidence, like my name's available and good, and move forward with that and invest in the beautiful website and the branding and the merch and the signage and what's not. And then they'll get hit with cease and desist. Once they're rolling enough that their business it gets on the radar of somebody else, another firm who's like in charge of monitoring these this stuff. So what happens? So, I mean, we're in Utah and let's right. just start. Before we get to the trademark, you get on this, you know, the state and you choose your business name is Bam Bams. And so you're good in Utah. So you do it and then you start to expand. Right. Like, how does that work? Like, if you, you, get you into, only or, get or if yeah. you sell stuff online or you start yeah you don't you don't have any of that automatic and so just because you have the domain or the social media handle or that's your llc name you only get the common law rights of you selling what you're selling in like your geographic location and for a lot of people that's not their dream they maybe start out that way even service-based businesses even a restaurant you know might want to be like well that's phase one but i'd love to have events i'd love to have online courses or digital products or like a cool band bam bam barbecue Yourself box or something like or whatever. Yeah, or whatever um if any of that is part of your vision then we gotta protect a trademark and get you a federal one that's going to be valid and get you boundaries in all 50 states and yeah. so the trademark is what's going to protect you nationally yes. so you don't need to have different entities set up in all the different states nope. for any reasons nope but you need a trademark okay yeah what is that process like? It's uh, it's definitely an investment time and money. So it takes anywhere from seven to months to a year to get it back to get, and that's when you can put like the little R with the circle. You know, if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. Um, so that's where. <laughs> <laughs> You're full of them. I love it. Um, but, and it's, you know, costs usually upwards of like $1,500 up. And it depends on how many things you're selling under your name. There's no such thing as a universal trademark. Like I want the trademark, you know, I want it in what? 
what do you sell? Do you sell food? Do you sell t-shirts? Are you online, online course, coaching, mastermind? That's like a really popular category. A lot of my clients want now is like all the cool ways you can make money online. So they all want protection in that class. Yeah. How do you protect like trademark, like certain sayings or like, mm. like content? So you know, it, like, it's a, like an online course, right? So if, that's actually not trademark, it's copyright. So okay. copyright protects creative work. So all the cool stuff you actually create, um, like a book or an ebook, handouts, audio files, videos, online course, tr- uh, copyright is the right tool. And you can actually register the copyright and that actually gives you some enforcement rights. You It gets automatically, you get protection as a creator of it. But the problem is that if you find someone ripping you off, and you want to go after them and you're like, hey, knock that off. That's that's not cool. Or we need to set up a licensing agreement because that's my stuff that you're using. Um, they can be like, nana, nana, boo, boo, come get me. And you can't do anything until you have a re- copyright registration. It's an empty threat. And so um, wow. for if your stuff matters to you, especially if that's a big part of how you make your business is your cool content, make sure you have a copyright registration. So, so how do you know like, if there's an influencer in California and an influencer in Florida that aren't in the same circles, but are talking about the same thing, or they create mm-hmm. a very similar course, how can you right. protect it? I mean, for that, it would come down to like, is is one actually using of the others, or is it like a parallel discovery, which that's a, that's a true phenomenon that happens. It's like, like conditions are ripe, everyone's nuts about plants, you're going to see multiple companies sure. come about, Especially you know? As many people yeah. as there are, like... Right. Uh, well, yeah, like, like, like if you did a how to smoke something, and you did right. a course, like how, like how do you protect that? It's it's fine. You can register the content. It's it's basically protecting like people can have another course like that, but no one's going to be able to come and take his photos or his videos or like if he has cool handouts about like temperature so and things that have more website. creative yeah okay. work th- things that he's put work into. If it's really functional and like more like business method or you know like even like I have a three step process that's likely not going to be able to get a whole lot of copyright protection. The more functional it is, the less protection it has. Cause it's like, look, we're all moving on this world. And like, even like recipes don't get copyright protection because they're seen as too, um, too functional. You they're can, all copied from somewhere else anyway. Right. They're all derivative of something I else. I love how yeah. everyone's like, this is my recipe. And you're like, no, it isn't. You added like an extra half cup of salt or something. Right. Like, it's like that friend's episode where Phoebe has the best chocolate chip cookie recipe yeah. ever. And it's the Nestle one or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like it's Nestle. Nestle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very exclusive. Right. So, so that's like, but it's your, it's your interpretation and how you bring it. So for someone who does like food blogging or recipe space, like, no, you can't protect the recipe, but the photos you can protect, the video tutorial, you can protect the thesis statement blog posts that you put on before someone could get to the recipe that you can protect so yeah okay so do they need to do that every time they post a video or i mean it's a is, lot is it to kind do. of an umbrella that i have clients that will will do their whole website like once a year you know and we can actually can actually register the copyright for your entire website so if you have a lot of content on there that's a good move so is make. that stuff protected it's on the website but let's say it's on youtube mm-hmm. and somebody shares it as if it's their own or whatever. Right. Like, is it protected that way? I mean, you you can decide what you want to have done. You know, if you right. find someone ripping off it's like your if you stuff. you put it on YouTube, like, 
you're kind of and like you can have like YouTube will get a license that like people can like link to it. That's obviously okay. The problem is is someone like embedding it, and there's actually a lot of kind of a, that's a developing area of law, and that's what's we're seeing even with Instagram now is commercial photographers will share something on Instagram and then like Mashable. This was a recent uh, news uh, uh, litigation that happened is they asked for like the rights to the photo. The photographer says no, this is my fee, and they didn't want to pay it, so Mashable just embedded it on a news story and Jeez. like got around it. And of course, like the photography union was like, that's freaking ridiculous. Instagram, you got to shut that down. Like, of, why would anyone pay for our photos if they could just use them without it? Like, you're going to kill our whole industry. And now Instagram kind of passed the ball and was like, well, you know, you still need to have the licensing rights, but we also think embedding has a lot of functionality. And so they're still working out what does that look like? They just, Instagram was like, not our fault, you know, but um but yeah, if that's how you make your money, then you should probably re-register in your photos, which you can do more in like a whole collection if you're a photographer. There's a there's an option for that at the copyright website. So, yeah. This just sounds like that could be like a never-ending abyss yes. of new things coming up about. every single day. Yeah. Like that's, I never even thought of that. Just like a developing area of law. Yeah, it is. Because there's actually, so many, I mean, you got TikTok and Yeah, Snapple, now we have Clubhouse. And, and what do we, what does it mean like to have recording on Clubhouse and like rights and usage with that? Because it's, you, and because I, I had clients who were interested in like having rooms and recording it. So I had to do research, like actually read those terms that nobody reads um, right. about like, what is that, what does that look like? And now I have like a little release where I'm like, if you have everyone sign this and put an online form, then you can record. You right. just need everyone's consent. It's not against the terms of Clubhouse. Clubhouse, you just need people's written consent to record. So. I had to erase Clubhouse. I couldn't do it anymore. It's I, really, I even it set notifications cool, to like time suck. You know, like very like you know spread out. Yeah, it still was like ten different pop ups an hour. Yeah. Just like this, this room is starting. I thought I was really gonna like it, and then I started getting. I'm like, it's just a bunch of windbags that th- would love to hear themselves talk. Well, and like to your point about interrupting people, like there's thirty people on the stage. It's like. It's a joke. Like no, nothing productive is happening. Yeah, it's and weird. I mean, it's, like it's, it's a lot of people who stuff. this year, they don't have any of their events to go to, like all their keynotes and conferences were taken away. And so this was like, well, let's find a way to, you know, put people into a different funnel to try to make some money. So conceptually, I love the idea because I'd so much rather get on and talk. Obviously, we have a podcast than post a picture or right but can you, know, you do, do like a live else? stream like an like a live instagram like what and now instagram has difference? rooms you can do so you can even have like a little panel with people they just oh, added that okay. the difference so, is like yeah. you can invite people and they can talk like so you get access to these people like we're an instagram live you can just watch them and send them a like a text Shit message right right where with clubhouse they can actually invite you on and you can have like a live discussion so with that how person. is that different than like zoom you know what i mean I mean, that it's like discoverable by anybody. Yeah, Zoom, point, you have right? to have like, like a link. Like, oh, okay. There's you know, no way like, you could like wander on a random Zoom, you know? I see. Yeah. I see. Because like, like Elon Musk might be on there and right. you might get picked out of the crowd to walk up on stage. Oh, that's and pretty cool. Ask, ask him a question. Right. And you're having a one on one conversation with this person, right? So it's more just like continued access to. People, people you, you wouldn't have normally, but yeah. I agree there, there's, there can be a lot, there's a lot of posturing too. And so it's <laughs> good. Like, okay, what is this? Does this actually make sense for me to be listening? And, you know, uh, cause yeah, there's a lot of just like, you know, some we need to stare things. at our phones anymore right. than we already do. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Totally. I never thought about the club. Yeah, like you said, the clubhouse thing clubhouse. has got like that's a world all all on its own, and that's why I, mean, I actually almost every really social media right is changing Everything. all the time. Yeah, and actually, I really like that part about my job is that like I get a chance to keep learning, and that's I yeah. love listening to podcasts and taking online courses and making sure that you know I'm trying to be abreast of like what's changing in the industry because social media and the intersection of that and businesses is is something that's changing all the time. So I think it's interesting, but so yeah, like, it's a lot. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Mine's kind of a longer question. Was yours quicker? You can go first. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What percentage of your clients are like influencers? Because what's funny is a lot of our guests are your clients. Yes. Which is kind of a small world. Who? I'm just kidding. (laughs) A lot of them. Um, I'd probably say 60 to 70% of my clients would put quote unquote like influencers. But here's the thing. Influencers is kind of a loaded term, you know, or they're the the influati of like. There it is. That's our favorite term. (laughs) She dropped that right before we started and I wrote it down. I was like, that is brilliant. And depending who the group is, they're the influati. Influati, maybe. A lot of them are influati. (laughs) Sometimes. But like. I think influencer is kind of a loaded term. Some people don't identify as an influencer. And I don't think a lot of people stay as a quote unquote influencer for long, meaning like that's how the only way they're making money is like sponsored brand collaborations. A lot of people then evolve into their own products because if you can sell jammies for somebody else, you can probably sell your own jammies, you know, and then um, and then moving into other things like speaking, coaching, books, um, you know, other projects. And really, that's a smarter business strategy, diversifying your revenue streams. And, you know, because that way algorithm changes moods change whatever you're you're still good yeah what is the typical popular like mom influencer let's say 150,000 to 500,000 followers what are they making a year doing that uh, I mean, depends, you know, cause, cause not always the number of influencer, I mean, number of followers. I mean, engagement equates, is really the big, yeah. Engagement's the number well, the type and of then, business, right? Like she said, like, are they just that or do they have, well, I'm just businesses? talking about the one yeah. that's just doing like sponsored or branded posts, right? Pick up my kids if we weren't on spring break, there we go. Um, <laughs> Isn't that a nice reminder? I would say, I mean, at least uh, 100K, but some of them making multiple six figures. So yeah, it depends. But but there's a huge range. There are people who get caught up in the numbers who are like, oh, they have so many followers. And that influencer might not be able to move a t-shirt. Like, honestly, like, so it's, and then I've known people who are like micro influencers or nano influencers with a a much smaller following, but like it's targeted and they're authentic and they're, and you know, the way that they relate to their audience and they're very thoughtful with what they promote and sell and, um, and they make a great living from it. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we have a scenario that I'm close to right now. My cousin, Scott Warner, right has like 180,000 Twitter followers. Like Twitter is his kind of baby. Like Yeah. So about a month and a half ago, out of nowhere, his account was suspended. Just poof. Was he happened to be posting political messages? So, N- well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is conservative, but right. not... Because I've had that happen they, to a couple of clients of What mine, they so. told him was there were two videos three and four years ago. Mm-hmm where he had songs in the background. It was just his kids dancing. Yeah, but he was at a public place, and so it got swiped, I, the yeah, ID. I, don't, I yeah. don't know if it was a public place or not, but yeah. he still has not been able to speak to anybody about it. Like, 
He needs what? to find someone who works there because that's the way how you fix that. Really? Yeah. That's like, have how you I've, dealt with that? No, yeah. I have more, more and more on Instagram because that's where most of my clients, but yeah, people who they've gotten shut off and like it's, they're just put in the back of a huge line in terms of customer service, like copyright complaints. And the only way to move up is to have you know somebody. So you know? luckily I know someone at Instagram. I don't know anyone at Twitter, but. Man, it's such a weird thing because it's like, it sucks. it's such a big part of his livelihood. Totally. And it's, yeah, I mean, so many of the cool things he gets to do is because of Twitter. Because of Twitter. And uh-huh. now it's just, I mean, just to have it taken. Just gone, poop. And then there's nobody, like Twitter has to have thousands there's of no like a, there's no accountability at all no on their zero it's 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 their sandbox and their it's their rules and and it's and it stinks and it's a good reminder that you should get people on an email list and have something you own a, a distribution and a way to access right. people because at any moment the the algorithm can change and things can get shut off or yeah you can accidentally repost something and, and you get canceled and then yeah there you go see i'm pretty against government regulation with things like that but at some point it almost needs to happen because so much of, I mean, it really does shape a lot of right. what or how things are, right? Like it, um, for them to just be able to just take that away right. without any explanation or even a customer service line for totally. heaven's sakes. Like, yeah. It, I mean, that could cause some real issues. Real damage. And, and that's so, the debate now with like the um, liability is are these big platforms, social media platforms, is it a public square or is it more like a, a newspaper? Or is it like it's a private business and they can regulate content and user access at will without, you know, and then not have liability. Basically, people can't launch a suit against them and be like, hey, that was discriminatory or that was against like you change your contract terms on me. And right now they're they're protected by that so it's hard because yeah i i believe because i like thing. freedom like, of speech and i like you know free, they should not be able to dictate what go like right. if, if you're gonna have it there and it's supposed to be public it's like robin hood you know the whole stock thing yeah like when they decided just to you could sell your GameStop, but you couldn't buy it right mm-hmm. changing you the know rules. it's crazy that two people had the power to do that and Twitter is no Twitter and all these other social media companies it's the same thing it's a lot of power in a few people's hands and like any oligarchy like that is not it's not great it is I mean that (laughs) it's an oligarchy yeah it's funny whenever we hear that word we think Russian right like Russian oligarchs and how but we we have that just as bad here right I mean, and there's the rumor, you know, there's some steps that have been taken that there might be like antitrust law against it. And like, if they were breaking up into smaller companies, would we see healthier competition where like, you know, uh, they they would naturally, the market forces would make people be a little bit more accountable in terms of not having sweeping content moderation that, that seems unfair. That seems biased. Yeah. So yeah, that seems more transparent. It's a slippery slope, but at at the size that they are now and how much influence they have over society worldwide there needs to be some you know protection from our end too right there's small businesses like that are built on the backs of it and like that's how you know that's how they've reached everyone and built it and so yeah it's just a good reminder to yeah have have a backup have another way that you can be building connecting with people you know so wow so he's screwed (laughs) totally it's out we just got to post somewhere like do you work at twitter do, if who you do, you're probably not a very good person. But can you do us a people. favor? <laughs> uh, well, it it is yeah. funny that it's so, you know, like big tech is definitely left leaning. We'll say politically, 
They're in Northern California, a lot of them. Right, Silicon Valley. And it's like, yeah, at what part, like, at what point did it become about, like, we can shape the world how we want to instead of just leaving it open discourse? Right. It's just, you their, know? it's their form of government, right? Right. It's just a different, it's, a different and, it's turning our government into the same thing. Right. Like, we're and more at some point, you're recognizing that, like, we can't ever be working for each other's mutual destruction. Um, you guys follow, like, Sharon Sesso online, like uh-uh. the America's government teacher, or anything yet? She so, reposted us this that's week. That's right. She, <laughs> so what? she's a, she's a new client of mine. She's, she awesome. is? Yes. So, it's we're, like my wife's, like, number one we're we're instagram right friends now but like we'll talk about this a lot and she actually says she actually has really complimentary things to say about utah she she lived here for a bit and like lds culture she says the people who are the meanest on her uh blog are like evangelicals she says they're the meanest trolls and she's like actually it's been i've had lots of good conversations with those like because she knows i'm lds of like your faith and she's like we might not always agree with everything but like they ask good questions and they're uh, they're okay to engage in a wrestle that's respectful to someone who differs in viewpoint i'm like that that's the secret right there is you need to be able to have a conversation and not take things personally and be able to try to understand someone's viewpoint and that doesn't mean not normally the characteristic of a lot of people around here no oh yeah (laughs) oh of all i mean i would say christianity in general it was funny aaron Rodgers went on that tangent about religion about a year ago and i couldn't disagree with the single thing that he said he's like when since when do religions like unify like all they do is divide mm-hmm. it's totally true yeah you know it's like i would say christians are some of the you know i think it's easy to say that just christians are judgmental right but that's really not true because i mean even the one you know you look at all these people protesting and stuff about things mm-hmm they're just as closed-minded about us as we, you know, yeah, some people it, on our side are may, about it, them. They maybe not belong to an organized religion, but they're people who tend to, to mistake having like um, loyalty to like a deeply held belief as being like, then I can't listen to someone else. Yeah. And if I do, then I'm betraying these beliefs where it's like, no, you can believe what you can believe. And you can also just show compassion and humanity and respect to someone else. That's and that, it. And they're not exclusive. For sure. Uh, I, it drives me insane. Super random. How are you getting clients? Like, how, like Sharon, for example, is that a referral? Uh, Instagram. So yeah. So I mean, and Instagram. I mean, I do have like a pot my podcast, and I yeah. have an email list, and then like word of mouth. I mean, that's how I get most people find me now. Is hey, a friend told me I got to talk to you. When when can I get on your calendar? So yeah. Do you have any? Is there? I mean, you obviously keep clients' information confidential, but do you right. have any sort of like? private mastermind of like your clients because they're all in that same world right like that could be a cool marketing thing i don't know if you're allowed to use that though or right. if clients would I want do, to I use do that ask clients ahead it's part of my engagement letter where i'm like are you cool with me saying that like you're one of my clients yeah. and most of them are, are cool with that and are yeah. fine and that way like i'll have them like on my website that like hey i work with like the bucket list family i work with simply sadie jane i work with the allison show like and they're okay having that you know public or whatnot so okay yeah or cake by Courtney, or yeah, so that's just a couple say, of system humble brags. Just kind yeah. of, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, would they ever like they can't get mad about anybody saying like that's what they're all about, yeah, is getting the name out there, right? Right, yeah. I mean, I you just wonder, but it's, like, but it's a, I have to be like sensitive because like it's if legal, someone's gonna you know, call her, yeah. like, hey, I want you to be my attorney, and they're thinking, oh, it's because I'm gonna get access to 
to well, someone else. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, I think I might be interested because I love like now that I, I've, I know so many cool people doing things like I love helping to connect because sometimes someone will come in and I'm like, oh, I really, I want to launch this product. And I'm like, oh, you should be talking to Courtney Brown over at Be Fulfilled. Like, do you know they do this? Like, and, and no, and they're clients of mine, but like, I love that being able to, you know, connect the pieces in the web of like who needs what in terms of moving projects forward. So yeah, it could be cool someday maybe to have something like that where, yeah. So a lot of your clients, are you like their sole legal counsel or do you focus on a certain area and they have others that do different stuff? A lot of them, I'm kind of their, I'm like their outside counsel. And then, but there are issues like I can't, I don't practice in all areas for all things, you know, especially if there's someone who's outside of Utah and Idaho, that's where I'm licensed. And so if it comes like an employment law issue or something else that's kind of state law specific, then I'll say, hey, we let's connect with some local counsel on this or someone else who does tax law, um, patents. I don't do patents. And so I have, you know, people in my Rolodex that I refer out okay. for work like that. So. Very cool. Or litigation. I don't do litigation, you know, commercial litigation. So I can help in beginning. We hope that we can resolve things. But if not, if things, whatever the dispute is, moves to a different step, then we'll we'll bring in someone else to help with that. So what's the favorite part about what you do right now? Like, is there a part of what you do with your clients that whenever it comes up, you're most excited? Most excited. I just love like getting on a Zoom with somebody and just talking about like checking into their business. What are they doing now and where are they going next? And I love getting to hear about, well, we want to do a book next. We're doing a cookbook. Oh, awesome. What does that look like? And when I just get to talk about the new dreams and ideas and then start putting pieces into place of what right. needs to happen behind the scenes that maybe no one else will appreciate <laughs> besides right. besides me, but I love that I get to be a part of that. That's my favorite part of my job. So as a lawyer doing that, are you charging, maybe I shouldn't ask this question, but no, do you, you charge like, totally is ask. it like a retainer or is it like every time I call you, you like. Yeah, I bill. So I do, I, I have both. I have like flat fee billing for like my projects, like for a trademark, I can usually tell right. people it's going to be this much or like a copyright registration or right. they need a custom contract. And I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be about this. And I'm pretty good at guessing now because right, right. I've done it so much. Um, and then there's some things where it's going to be like back and forth, like, hey, we need to send a cease and desist or we're negotiating a buyout for part of your partnership agreement. Um, I'm just going to tra- keep track of my time and, right. you know, and I just bill them that. So, so you know. how many people? have called you about your services and because they think they're really cool. <laughs> Exposure, yeah. Yeah, like I, I will talk about you being my lawyer. Zero. Nobody ever asked that. Not even I don't like believe small you. Fri- not even small fries that you would never work with. I mean, sometimes people will, cool. I've had people say, hey, it was it was a quick question or something I answered for them and they're like, hey, send me an invoice, happy to pay you for your time and I'm the one who I waved them off and I'm like, hey, you know what? First, first one's on the house or something like, and I, you know, and I'm okay with that because I know they'll be back when oh, they're ready for, sure. for something else. So. No one has ever tried to use their. I feel like that's inf- all they ever do. Their influrati status. But, but yeah. here's the here's the thing: who talks about their lawyer online? How many times have you ever heard but someone? Still, people right, but want everything to not pay for that free. bill. I'll talk about the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll so, name a sandwich after you. Yeah. <laughs> it, I just, whatever, I'm actually really surprised because they're so used to getting everything, everything for free. Everything for free. But I think there's still enough of a fear of like, wait, no, lawyers are expensive and serious. So like, you just don't, uh, you don't mess around with that. Like, Well, and that's the other thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to pay. So if something gets screwed up, I can like get mad. Right. You know so it's I mean? an, so it's a good relationship. I want to choke to throat. Or yeah, hold on, choke to throat. <laughs> throat to choke. Because <laughs> that's what's weird about trades, right? Like, because yes. people think like, oh, ev- like both people think that they got like, oh, I really went all out for you, and then like, and then right. it ends up like, well, 
I didn't really get out of what I wanted out of that trade. I, when I have clients who like want to do a trades, I'm like, trades are fine, but I'm like, write up an invoice, even if like you zeroed it out, put so that someone knows, oh, I didn't know that like a website package was this. I did not know For that sure. like a photography session was worth, this is what you were charging. It just keeps everything like honest, you yeah, know? All my trades get invoiced yeah. now. Well, they have been for a while, but right. but yeah, you have to. Yeah. Well, it's just like hiring family to do like plumbing. Totally. It's like if the pipe bursts again two days later, it's a little harder to call and say like, I know you did this for free. Right. Come but you did it wrong. You did it wrong. <laughs> but you almost it sucks. pay for it. Yeah. To have that, to just make sure that you can have like, um, I have a, because people have asked, like, uh, I have a, a Instagram post about that of like, because friends and family will like ask people for discounts. It happens all the time. And for it's sure. like, here's what you should answer and be like, look, I love that you want to work with me, but like, I value our relationship so much that I want to make sure that you're only hiring me because I'm the best fit for what this is, you know, because right. this is, this is my package that I'm going to have for this. I'm just, be clear, like, because right. really we should be paying friends and family more because <laughs> we love and support them and want to like support their businesses. Like, See, and that's totally yeah. true. Like, I'll never ask family for a hookup unless there's something I can do. Right. On the other side. For them. Right. Yeah. So what, maybe you can't answer this question, but I'm starting to, I'm looking for all the dirty stuff. Yeah. Like what is the, what if anything in the last, however long you've been doing this, any like really funny questions or needs or something that has come up that something stands funny. out i mean i mean i get kind of random stuff sometimes um i mean sometimes people will ask like you know i'll get some pretty weird trademark <laughs> things of like can people can can i protect this and like actually there's uh the law change now that you can have like profanity and you can trademark stuff like that so really? that's something i've the law the supreme court handed out a new decision a couple of years ago that says it, it was a guy who had like it was the company was called like fucked you like f-u-c-t right, right, like right. you and his t-shirt <laughs> his caps and so you can for the time being and so there's a couple <laughs> people where i'm like yo if you really feel strongly about that we can <laughs> we could put a trademark on for that so it's like all the fu play yeah the yeah. fu places uh-huh uh -huh. it's funny that. that's my best friend's bowling name whenever we bowl ever since like seventh grade it's f-u-q yeah <laughs> i was like what what that's really funny so you can copy or you can trademark you can profanity. trademark you can trademark like expletives and profanity and stuff now so yeah. what if it's just spelled straight like the profanity can you do that or you mean you could if like it's available a, i mean so like the p-h-o <laughs> yes you yeah. like t it's you probably like profanity squatters now right yeah, yeah people <laughs> oh, who are out there sure. <laughs> <For> <laughs> which you sure. can you can trademark squat but like you have to pay fees every six months and you can only do that for a couple of years. It's okay. funny, like the Kardashians, that's how people find out what they're naming their kids is they'll troll the trademark database because they will always trademark like all consumer goods for their kids when they announce, before they announce their name. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Because they don't want someone launching a perfume and What's using What's crazy is that name. people know how to find that. <laughs> that's what's crazy. Oh. Like how do people know... How to I guess find like Hollywood, you know, reporter slash trademark lawyers, they know how to check the database. And so it'll be <laughs> It is sad how many incredibly intelligent people are out there doing like, that taking advantage of laws. Right. And you know, just totally like just leeching off of other people. Yeah. Like them not knowing, you know, whatever. Like even just parking on a website. Right. You know, it, it's so I don't know. It's infuriating. Like, you're just not a good person. Come if on. all you're doing is just waiting for somebody to like... I just had to pay a bunch of money for a domain. It makes me so mad. And it's some it like fat little dude in the basement <laughs> just like hates everyone. 
ba- yeah, the, the basement dweller. You know? uh, yeah, yeah I, you know. it's so sad. Well, there was that story of the guy around here a few years ago. Like, he's he was in a wheelchair and he went to every single like restaurant in town with a measuring tape, measured the ADA like oh. like the parking spots. Mm-hmm. How high are the rails? Do they have the padding on the plug? Like, right? And I think he had sued like two hundred different places in one year. And just settled with all of them for like right. five to ten G's a piece until finally a, a judge told him he can't do it anymore. Come on. Like, yeah. Like, you're, that's crazy. That's predatory. And like, the and it's against the spirit of it. Because like, yeah, is accessibility important? Of course. Yes. And like, also, do we need to make sure that you're not, yeah, like you said, taking advantage um, and being a, a bully, you right. know, against people, you know, small right. businesses. So. If the handrail is like one inch too Come high on, or yeah. low. Is that materially affecting like the, the business right. that, that ever, and anyone who wants to be able to use that service and use that? Establishment uh, it's can, a crazy so. world we live in. So, yeah. Well, this has That's been awesome. <laughs> Learned so, so much. much. I'm going to be calling you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I won't offer. I won't have, offer trade. <laughs> I won't offer trade. I promise. I'll no. pay. But just have Ashley call her, then she'll work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Idea. We and can just, can just have a bonus if I can get some barbecue. I consider that. That's done. Extra. Ashley will have like some. Like her own bank account, all this weird <laughs> all stuff will start happening. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thanks for Get coming. This has up. been such a thank pleasure. You, where you. where can people find you? You know, I'm Brittany Rattel, all the places. So that's my main website, and that's where I am on Instagram. And yeah, it's been great, guys. I love. I'm a huge listener of the podcast. I don't miss an episode, and so oh, it's a amazing. pleasure to be here. And yeah, just to be uh, to be chatting with you guys. It's awesome. been great. Thank you, thank you.